and welcome to the Remember the Girls podcast. I'm Emma Bliss, president of Remember the Girls and a carrier of X-linked myotubular myopathy, or MTM, a rare neuromuscular disorder. Remember the Girls is a nonprofit organization founded in 2017 with a mission to support and advocate for female carriers of X-linked genetic disorders. Our sole purpose is to provide collaboration, education, and growth to our community and spread awareness of X-linked women patients and their symptoms to the world of medicine and genetics. We do this by sharing our own personal journeys with you, along with many other brave women. Uh, Jessica Stevens is a 29-year-old silent female carrier of OTC deficiency living in the Northeast region of the UK. As a business owner and mom of two, Jessica is advocating to raise awareness of the condition and to break the silence and stigma around infant and child loss. Jessica was recently diagnosed a carrier after giving birth to a son affected with the condition. Jessica, I am grateful that you are here today and willing to share. Uh, your story is relatable and powerful and very much appreciated in our community. So welcome to this safe space. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I'll just start. Um, you already know I'm called Jess and I decided, got married like you do, settled down, decided to have children. I had my first little girl in um, 2019 everything was fine um, throughout pregnancy everything normal absolute amazing feeling in the world giving birth to well I had a cesarean section but giving birth to your baby is just amazing um so we knew we wanted a big family, so we went on um, to have another, to get pregnant again quickly after having Evelyn um, and didn't think anything would be a problem, same as with Evelyn really. Um, went through pregnancy, scans fine, everything fine, um, passed all his checks and then um he was bought he was born in September by cesarean section just like my little girl um handed to me told he was perfect healthy breathing everything normal and we went and got discharged onto the postnatal ward um and we spent our first day together. It was in the middle of COVID-19. So unfortunately I had to, um, I had to uh, be there on my own. Um, my husband had to leave. So this was just in September, 2020 when uh, my son was born, it's called August. Um, and we spent our first day together, absolutely normal breastfeeding fine just perfect little family one little girl at home waiting to bring my little boy to meet his sister and continue our life as a family and um it was the next day so when he was 
like nearly two days old um that I woke up and I found it so it was the morning about eight o'clock I'd walk to find find him sweating um so I just whipped his blanket off and instinctively buzzed a midwife and the midwife um came took his temperature realized that it was low so I was like what like he's sweating like that's not right something's not right uh, so quickly getting him dressed while she's because I'd pulled his blanket off so I wanted to get more layers on and so I was dressing him up and wrapping his blanket around pulling him in to warm him up and she's getting um, a doctor from the NICU so they came down and said came and had a look at him and they said we'll just take him away quickly and run a quick test um, and we'll see what's going on and it was about 20 minutes or so um, and they came back and said I'm really sorry but we're gonna have to transfer him to the neonatal ward because we don't that tests come back fine and we don't know what is wrong um, but something's wrong so before I know it he's getting whisked down the corridor into the NICU I'm hobbling behind because I've just had a major operation and uh, it it just went by like a flash from there really um, the doctors just didn't have a clue what was going on what was wrong um, and they were just running test after test after test to try and find out what it could be so that they thought it could have been sepsis meningitis um, and then so then this told us that all those come back clear and he was having seizures so they said his brain was showing seizure activity so there's me thinking oh like what am I even gonna have like a normal baby left like what sort of damage is this gonna cause and it was so that's day two and then the third day it was around the on the morning they said you can spend as much time with him today but because we were in covid we were only limited to spend a certain amount of time with him and they said you can spend as much time with him and it didn't sort of like click to think well that's not good but looking back it um it was obviously because he was so poorly that they allowed us to spend more time with him and that was the morning and it was come three o'clock I'd gone back for a nap um just to get some rest to the postnatal ward and uh they'd come and said come down quick so a, a midwife wheeled me down in a wheelchair and uh they said I'm really sorry he's had a cardiac arrest um and then that's when they went on to explain that, they, that his ammonia levels were high. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, what's going on? And they said, well, they think it might be OTC deficiency. <laughs> and I was like, well, what's that? Um, 
and they started asking questions like do I eat meat or am I do I follow a vegetarian diet I'm like no um so then they explain more and say well you know is there has there been any death like deaths in the family from babies in the past and I'm like no um and before we'd even got a chance to sort of like explain things he's then August had had another cardiac arrest and um so it was apparent that he, he just wasn't going to make it even if they could have provided treatment he just wasn't going to make like we, we they couldn't have stabilized and there's only so many times they can restart his heart so we decided that 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 was it and that we would take his um like breathing support away um so yeah and that was when my world fell apart as you can imagine and from there that's it I'm still trying to navigate life without my son we're now nine months on he should be nine months old now but um yeah so obviously we'd have to make like funeral arrangements and then doctors got in touch and started explaining more about OTC and that more about what that means for me so then I got tested it wasn't until about March time that I found out that I am in fact a carrier um, and then my little girl, we've tested her as well. She's also a carrier. And then um, from there, I've, obviously I'm completely new to this deficiency. Um, but then I found out that girls can be affected as you know yourself, Christy, and my little girl's only two. So I don't know if at some point she may just become unwell. Um, so I've got that, that to worry about as well, uh, which is a lot to, to yeah. deal with from going from thinking you're a completely healthy, normal, well, not normal, because nobody's normal, but, <laughs> you know, completely healthy person to find out you're carrying some rare, deficiency that you've never even heard of that your son has now died of and now you your daughter's got it as well so yeah I'm so sorry Jess that is uh, the most horrific thing a mother can go through I can relate to your story quite a bit um just know you are in a safe space here and we are all here to support you and be here for you. And you have a lot of other carriers and patients of OTC in this group that can help navigate this crazy world. Um, I am thankful that you are here sharing your story today and we are all here to help you through it. It's a hard road um, and you've, but you've been through a lot of it so far and um, just know that we are all here for you. Um, so in just a few simple words, what does being a carrier of OTC mean to you? 
Um, to me, it's more than just having a faulty gene. Um, I know I'm not affected by this, like, symptomatically, but there's a lot of pain. I carry a lot of pain. I carry a lot of guilt. Mm -hmm. And I carry a lot of other emotions along with that. And I just think that there's, there's never the words, oh, she's just a carrier. Correct. Yeah, you are not just a carrier. There is a lot that goes with being that. And I think that guilt is very prevalent in our community and we have to work through it. And, uh, you know, on one hand, logically, you know that you would never have chosen to be, have this genetic mutation. But it, we also know that this was directly delivered from us. So I understand that guilt completely. It is very prevalent in our community. Yeah. And I mean, in my my family, um, it's like another reason why we didn't know about it. I'm still getting some of my family tested because we've got five generations of girls. So like, every, like everyone is, it has had girls like on down my mother, like my mom had girls, my grandma had girls, my great grandma had girls. So, um, we don't know how far this actually goes back. Mm -hmm. Do you um, have siblings? Sorry? Do you have siblings? Uh, yeah, I've got two two sisters. So they're, they're getting tested. Um, and then I'm a, after that, I'm assuming my mum will get tested. And I, I don't think my grandma wants to. But it's everyone's choice, isn't it, to... Yeah, absolutely. It's like the ripple effect of being tested and then your family all gets tested. It's very common in our community. Um, so what is something that you wish more people knew about carriers of OTC? If you could say one thing, what is something you wish more people knew? Um, just that like, it's more than just being a carrier. There's a lot of like emotional impact involved and I just think people don't think about that and then the fact that girls can be affected as well it's not it's not as straight-laced and the fact that even within families it can vary greatly of who like how many symptoms one person in that family can have as well compared to someone else so yeah absolutely that's great okay what challenges do you think our future will hold as carriers and what do you hope for the future for OTC carriers um well I know for me as a carrier I obviously did want a big family and I know that now that's that, like my future is sort of gone there I've, I know I've got my little girl and stuff and I'm grateful I'm really grateful for Evelyn um but I would like to continue my family and it's that's that's a big challenge um and it's not an easy road I mean it's what most people in the ex-linked community have is the PGD with IVF 
the IVF with PGD or um, screening. Um, and obviously with screening comes the risk of having to terminate. And it's not it's not a straightforward road. So yeah, there's a lot of emotional stuff involved there. Um, yeah, so yeah. yeah. to deal yeah. with. Um, a very big topic in our community. Neither road is ideal, right? No, and, and I, I worry about that for Evelyn as well, because I mean, in a way, me not knowing going into this, I've had Evelyn, mm -hmm. but then I've had the most tremendous loss ever. Mm -hmm. And if my, like, if you look at my mum, if she is a carrier, she's gone into this naively and had three girls and as, like, if she's got it and has never even like battered an eyelid. Whereas Evelyn's gonna be very different. She's gonna go forward with this, knowing that she's got this and that she's gonna to have to, to make some tough decisions as an adult. Yeah, with knowledge comes power. I fully believe that. Um, and, and you also have to think like in 25, 30 years when she's ready to have children, the world of genetics and fertility is gonna be so different. That, uh, that, well, that is my hope. Yeah. That is my hope for her. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the way that it's moving, I, I have the same situation. I have a one-year-old daughter who might be a carrier. And I just have hope that, you know, the world will be different then. And her knowing that she's a carrier is going to empower her to make certain decisions. That's the hope for, for our future, right? For our future generation. Uh -huh. Definitely. I think, I think her knowing is more important, but it's, it, it's such a huge thing to, to learn and know about, isn't it, is. it really? Heavy weight to carry being a, a carrier or a patient of a condition. Yeah. And, but I would definitely say that, like, I would take that road rather than my road of never knowing. And then such a dramatic where to find out. Yes. Okay. If you could go back to before you knew you were a carrier, what would you tell yourself? Um, I would just tell myself to cherish every moment and just to take as many photographs as you can, videos as well. Like I didn't seem to just take enough videos. Um, but yeah just I think you're always going to be full of regret but um yeah just to cher cherish ev every moment every day and just yeah. be grateful for you know you don't know when that day is going to be your last so yeah yeah um, okay to end this conversation I would love for you to give me your one word when you think of Remember the Girls and the future for women carriers of X-linked disorders, what is the first word that comes to mind? Um, warrior. We're all warriors. Mm -hmm.